You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Formerly Bulletproof Radio. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. And this is one of my increasingly common episodes where I have people live at my studio in Austin, Texas, because it was hard to get them to come to my studio in Victoria, BC as often. We're going to talk stem cells in this episode. You might have heard some of my episodes about stem cells in the past. I think I've probably done more stem cells than most people alive. I've been doing them actively for 10 years as part of my brain recovery, brain enhancement. And overall, I want to live to 180 as a superhuman kind of protocol. And yes, superhuman is the title of my anti-aging book. So I'm seen as a leader in longevity circles by some people. By other people, I make them very, very angry when I say I'm going to live longer than they are. Let's race, guys. So today's guests are a leader in the stem cell industry and a banker. Now, you might think this is some sort of like venture capitalist scumbag trying to... No, not that kind of banker. This guy has my stem cells on deposit. Well, not like him personally, but like his company does, because that would be kind of weird, you know, bone marrow and stuff like that. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Today I'm talking with Sean Berman. He's the Director of Research and Operations for the Cell Surgical Network, which is the largest group of doctors working together to advance personal cell therapies for all of us. It's a it's a really big mission and something that's made a really big difference for me in my own biohacking journey. Stem cells have, have mattered, but it's not just stem cells. There's other personalized things you can do there. Sean was actually a former quarterback, and he saw firsthand what happened with football players when they had concussions and how they really didn't have anything they could do about it. He developed a new laboratory method for studying blast-induced traumatic brain injuries in rats, which affects soldiers in particular. 
And he went on and studied in clinical studies that were published that you could treat brain injuries with IV adult adipose-derived stem cells. Guys, I've had multiple brain injuries. I had mold toxin-induced brain damage. I took a knee to the head while having fun that had a brain bleed. I've passed out, hit my head on tile that also caused a very meaningful brain injury. In fact, after one of those, I sent Tim Ferriss a really angry email about something he didn't even do that I still feel kind of dumb about to this day. So this has affected me and my brain works better than ever before. And sure, I do neurofeedback and all, but cells, my own cells uh, and intravenous stem cells were a meaningful part of me putting my brain back together. Sean's also developed IRB-approved protocols for investigating how cell therapy could mitigate TBI and PTSD in soldiers. And in 2022, Sean and the Cell Surgical Network team successfully defended your right to use your own cells to cure yourself in federal court against the FDA, and they won. Good to be here with you, Dave. You're also a master's degree in cell biology and have spent years working with stem cells, right? Yeah, I've been uh, really lucky to work with a good team of doctors and get some good training, doing a lot of work with traumatic brain injury. One thing led to another and uh, doing a lot of research in the clinic with stem cells for a number of different areas, whether it's orthopedic, neurology, autoimmune conditions. My partner's a leading urologist. So there's a lot of things that we're looking at and studying uh, stem cells for right now. Did I hear you say that you put stem cells in penises? No, I think that's what you, well, maybe that's what you heard. That's not what I, I said, but my partner, who is a urologist, could probably help you out there. You heard him say this. <laughs> I have not seen this, but I cannot deny that either. Oh, uh, nice. Are you, have you thought of politics? I mean, I, I like how you could say nothing, but use your mouth. Yeah, I wouldn't do well in politics. Yeah, yeah me either. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that was Kevin Ferber, who's the chief operating officer for American Cell Technology, which is the largest personal stem cell bank in the United States. So it's possible now to take your stem cells at your current age and save them so you can use them later when you need them. Like, I don't know, after you take a knee to the head at burning them. Just saying. Kevin got interested in stem cells 10 years ago and he started shadowing some of the top global personal stem cell doctors. He leads collaborations with the top regenerative medicine practitioners across the country who use cells from American cell technology. And his company, Vital Cells, offers parents an honest stem cell bank so you can bank your kids' stem cells and get access to billions of personalized stem cells that are as young as they could possibly be. It's the only newborn bank offering that in the United States. And I wish that when my kids first started being born 16 years ago, I could have banked their cells because I would have. Yeah, you're a, you're a happy customer. We're excited to have you bank with us. And I should do full disclosure. At one point, I was a scumbag investment banker, but then moved over to the lighter side, working with doctors and clinicians around the world in cell therapy. It turns out not all bankers or all VCs um, are working for a Sith Lord. Some of them actually are making the world a better place by investing in the right companies and you know, being nice, things like that. It's, it happens. It really does. So apparently it didn't happen for you because you left the industry, right? Yeah, I saw some really great opportunities here and seeing people cure themselves and get better for their cells, which has been fascinating to see firsthand. Okay, good deal. And I've been saying for a long time, if you're young, get your testosterone levels 
and your other sex hormones measured when you're healthy. So you know what they should look like when you're 100. You can peg them to what's natural for your body because it could be that your testosterone levels naturally you feel great at 700 or at 1100. And if you don't know, you wait till you don't feel good and then you have to guess. So the things you do when you're young, number one, do that. Number two, get your stem cells banked when you have enough financial success to do that. Because when you have your young stem cells, when you're twice your age, when you bank them, you can take your young cells and you can use them uh, in your body and you can grow them and enhance them so that you'll have a source of those forever. And so I just wanted to have an open conversation because I get questions every day on DMs from people saying, what do I do about stem cells? So we're going to give you the stem cell 101 from a top expert. And I haven't talked much about banking because you really couldn't do banking very well until very recently, which is really cool. So I'm I'm really happy, Sean, that you helped to make that happen. Yeah, this is an existential phenomenon right here, right? Being able to have your own cells heal you naturally, as opposed to relying on a major surgical intervention or a lifetime of drugs. I mean, this is what mother nature intended. So we've been doing this in the clinic since 2010, taking a little bit of fat from you, isolating the stem cells that are associated with it, giving them back. And we work with a multidisciplinary team. So you've got leading experts taking care of your head, taking care of your bones, et cetera. These stem cells have been really profound and really amazing, but the FDA came in and said, you know what, those cells, what you're doing by isolating them and giving them back, that's drug manufacture. We said, what? How so? Said, yeah, yeah, you're making a drug in here, so they need to be regulated as such. So we were stupid enough, naive enough to go to court with them and argue that these aren't a drug. And it took a five-year period in order to get our arguments heard and get this across. But in doing so, we were able to prove that we were compliant with the FDA regulations as is. And that not only that, but we could send ourselves to somebody like Kevin who could take them, amplify them in number, and then on the clinical side, we could take those and give them back to our patients to basically take what we were originally doing, which you know maybe we were meeting our patients a certain way, and now we could get them across the finish line. And that was really, really exciting. So that just happened the end of last year and was able to share it at your conference uh, literally weeks after it happened. So that was really fun. Yeah, you were on stage at the Biohacking Conference and cutting edge stuff there, like getting to announce that thing. How much did you spend fighting the FDA? It was about $7 million. I don't $7 like to talk about million. it. $7 million. No one does. I mean, I've been the victim of frivolous lawsuits. I've had people try to steal stuff from me. I may be going through something like that right now. And uh, the bottom line is you just got to bring it. Well, when so it's the government, though, everyone assumes that the government's right and we're the small guy and you're, and you're no wrong. No one assumes the government's right anymore. Are you kidding? Maybe, maybe in your... After the last three years, <laughs> is there any human alive that doesn't have a brain injury that thinks the government's always, you're even halfway right? There, there's some. There's some. People don't know. Food. You'd like to be able to trust your government, right? No. Uh, it, you should never <laughs> do that unless you're stupid. I, All of human history proves that. I, 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 agree, I agree with you, but people are really, really, you know, they want right. to be trusting. They, I want to trust you. I want to trust that you, what you're offering sure. up is right, right? And the whole goal of the FDA is to prevent the transmission of communicable disease. I, I like That's a that. great thing. We love that. And in fact, food safety has gone up a lot under the FDA. It's not like any one regulatory agency is all evil. It's when they overreach and start, well, hey, if we can just take more control, we could have a bigger budget. And then they just keep growing. No, my stem cells are mine. You try and think you control my stem cells. I don't care who you are. That is an act of war against me as an autonomous human. Like, this is my cells, your hands off. I don't care who you are. And the great thing is it's your own DNA for your own body. Yeah. That's how Mother Nature set it up. Yeah. So by, by winning this lawsuit, you know, when the lawsuit was going on and everyone assumed that we were guilty, 
everyone started traveling overseas to go exploring and seeing what they could find in terms of, you know, stem cells wherever, whether it's in Thailand or South America or whatever. But now that we've got this solidified in the U.S., you can go to your doctor down the street who you know and trust and have a relationship with and use your own cells here, which is a much safer option. Okay. So this is actually the way the legal system is supposed to work. It might have taken more money, more time than it was supposed to, but now that the letter of the law is being followed, now innovation in the U.S. around stem cells can happen at the same rate. Because this was slowing down innovation, and there was a lot of people who, who did choose to leave the U.S. So what can you do now that you couldn't do before because of the lawsuit that you won? So in the lawsuit, they were seeking an injunction against what we were doing. So we were able to keep practicing the whole time. But when you're going up against the FDA, everyone pretty much assumes that you're guilty. Not everyone's as you know intelligent as you are or gets it, right? So what we do at our clinic is we'll isolate just a little bit of fat all under local anesthesia. That fat contains a boatload of stem cells, whether they're hematopoietic stem cells, mesenchymal stem cells, pericytes, preadipocytes. These are great regenerative cells, and we use them to try and heal naturally. But what's also great is to send somebody like Kevin a sample of fat, which contains a ton of mesenchymal stem cells in it, maybe 10 million in a small little tablespoon size. But he can take those and he can turn 10 million into 10 billion. So you save your youngest, healthiest cells. And God forbid something happens in the future, maybe you can use them. Or maybe you tweak your knee while you're skiing and you want to come in and heal quicker. So it's been great opportunity for us in the clinic to uh, really advance what we're, we're trying to do. Uh, I'm feeling like I maybe wasn't that much of a futurist when I had my stem cells banked. I just went to see the right people. So I was a very early stem cell banking person, mostly because I like the idea of take a small amount of cells, amplify them and use them versus pulling out 10 tablespoons of fat, which I have had done and that hurts. You don't have 10 tablespoons no, of fat I, anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. When, I, I, when I had it done, I think it was Kristen in Florida. She said, Dave, don't lose any more weight. And I was probably, I had probably 15 pounds of body fat more than I do now. I'm 7.9% body fat. So if I was going to donate fat, you can have a tablespoon, but you can't find more than a tablespoon in one spot. But here's the thing. You might be smaller. You have less fat cells, but your stem cell concentration will be higher. Mm -hmm. If you're you know, massively overweight, you're going to have more fat cells, but you're going to have lower concentration of stem cells. Oh, cool. So someone like LeBron James, walks in, you're going to be able to get a boatload of stem cells off of him, even though his body fat is next to nothing. Interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that. So you have a higher concentration of stem cells if you're leaner. So think about it. Your, <clears throat> your fat is loaded with stem cells. Why? In the old days, we used to wake up in a cave. I'd say, are you going to go hunt the meat or am I going to hunt the meat? When I do kill something and I bring it back, it's going to be, it's going to be big and we're going to eat really well. So your fat has stem cells in it so that you can store all the nutrients from that kill that you get mm. because it's not going to happen. And we didn't have refrigeration back then either. So those stem cells in your fat really are just sitting there unless you're sitting on your couch eating Twinkies and donuts all day long. Then they're working to make more fat cells to store all those nutrients. But otherwise, they're dormant. So if you're in your 70s and 80s, the stem cells in your fat are actually really young and they have got long telomeres. And that's what makes them really potent for some of these anti-aging, regenerative therapies that we're looking at, whether it's orthopedic conditions, neuro conditions, or you name it. I like that perspective a lot. So we got a lot of stem cells there. Let's teach listeners about the two major types of stem cells. You've got autologous and you've got allogenic. What are they and where do they come from? So autologous means your own. And allogenic means you're getting them from somebody else. 
So when you're getting stem cells from somebody else, you want to make sure that they're a perfect match. And if you think about oncology and cancer therapies, you look for a bone marrow match and you go through a, a significant screening process to get these. But right now, there's some people that are playing with stem cells that are just taking you know, a random stem cell off a shelf from a baby that didn't want to keep their stem cells. And then, not from maybe from an umbilical cord. Umbilical just, cord. Yeah, these are not fetal cells. No one's doing that. Right, right, right. Umbil- so from a birth, right? right, birth tissue. And then they're plugging and playing them into you know, your knee, your hip, wherever. And that's random DNA that's not your DNA. Now, if you put them into a knee or a hip, it's a uh, cartilage, so that's poorly vascularized, not much exposure to immune system, probably not going to be a problem. But our, at our clinic, we're doing a lot of IV therapy because these cells can home to sites of inflammation. So we let them do what they do best naturally. And if we were to put a bunch of foreign DNA in your bloodstream, that's not a good idea. Um, Have you ever seen like a host graph response or people getting negative reactions? So yeah, there, there has been some stuff up there out there and there's not a ton of long-term follow-up, which is the concern. We're talking about a five to 10 year period down the road. And there, there's now been some long-term follow-up post-COVID because a lot of been people have been using allergenic MSCs for COVID. So we have some one and two year follow-up data that's really showing, hey, you use these allergenic cells it can severely alter your immune system, make you susceptible to further disease. That's not a good thing. So autologous, meaning your own, means you can use your own stem cells. Where are the stem cells in your body? Everywhere. You've got stem cells in your fat. You've got stem cells in your bone marrow. Those are the most common places. But you got them in your brain. You got them in your liver. Your liver, unless you're just drinking booze all day, is going to have a ton of stem cells. I could cut half of it off and it would self-renew. But most of our patients, when they come in, you say, hey, you want take some stem cells from your liver and stick them in your knee? And they're like, no, let's not do that. But you say, hey, you want to take some from your fat and put them in your knee? Like, yeah, that's, that's better. I got plenty of fat to share. So we like pulling from the fat just because most of the time those stem cells are really young, meaning they've got long telomeres. They haven't been used. They're sitting there dormant. The stem cells in your bone marrow, they're your own. They're autologous. It's great. It's much better, in my opinion, than an allergenic cell because it's your own DNA for you. The thing with your bone marrow is that's responsible for making all the cells in your immune system. So it's constantly working. I flew here to the airport to get to come see you. I was exposed to God knows what. My bone marrow is working to make all my white blood cells that keep me healthy. And now I'm not coughing up a lung on your couch. So it's great. But they're working as opposed to my fat, which if I did stay in Austin long enough, probably would start working a little bit more. You got some good food around here. Yeah, enough barbecue. And actually, barbecue doesn't make you fat. It's the macaroni and cheese that makes you fat. Exactly. What is the craziest place stem cells have ever been injected that worked? Um, probably nowhere. Your whole body is just a bag of cells, right? Yeah, I know, but you, you can inject them in certain places. I mean, like nostril stem cells, tear ducts, the, ear the, the, canals. The dicks, cool, the, what, I, I don't know. The cool, well, no, that, that's the cool thing. The cool thing about stem cells is really it's just a blank slate of your DNA. So it's really hard to put them in a bad place. Like, where could you put yeah, them? That, what's that the go weirdest bad? place? I mean, you're dodging my question. I'm just going to keep you dangling until you answer it. It's probably somewhere that you've put it that you're not telling us right now. You asked me some questions wow, before we started recording. So. This is like nine out of 10 level question deflection. Yeah, I, I, mean, I learned you it could, from Kevin. You could, you could go right to your business partner who's a well-known neurologist oh, in the space. And yeah, I feel like no, that would be Elliot, more interesting. So my partner, Dr. Elliot Lander, is yeah. a urologist. He works with erectile dysfunction and gets some great results in that area. So um, it, Certainly, I mean, I, I've had a video of me getting stem cells injected into my reproductive system. Actually, I, I shared it at the conference one year without seeing any x-rated stuff just you could see the gloved hand with the large needle coming down and see me cringing 
Um, so yeah, I've had that done. I'm, I'm very public about that. But is that the weirdest, the weirdest place people with stem cells? Do people inject them like into their kidneys or like into a an ovary or like into their brain? Like, like let's talk some cutting edge stuff that we're not recommending. We're just saying people have done it. So I'll tell you one of the most exciting things that we work with. We work with a group out of Kunming, China, that does spinal cord injury. Ooh, so, so now we're getting interesting. Yeah. So they'll take patients, and this is a great thing to know about stem cells. So you have some people out there that are just kind of capitalizing on stem cell. It's a fancy, exciting name. You can't just put them anywhere. And that's what we've learned by collecting data for a five-year period and well, five-year follow-ups for all of our patients. But we've been collecting this data for 15 years almost now. So we know where they work, where they don't work. When what they don't work for is scar tissue. So if you look, think of a quadriplegic, they break their back. The spinal cord's like a rope. So that didn't break. But all the blood vessels around did, and it forms scar tissue. So you think something, and you try and send an electrical pulse to your arms or your feet or whatever, and it doesn't work. It's not because the electrical pulse isn't firing. It's because there's scar tissue preventing it from traveling there. Can't get through, right? So our team that we work with in Kunming, China, will go in, they'll open up the spinal column, stabilize it, and they will remove physically the scar tissue. And then they'll put stem cells on top. They'll close everything back up. In six months of rehab, you can take people that can't wiggle a finger and they can get them walking again. Wow. It's on their hands? Abs- not walking on their hands. I was confused. Sorry. <laughs> they, they, can't, they can't wiggle a finger, but they'll get them walking again. And it's, it, it's a long, tedious process. And they'll yeah. work with people 10 years or sooner from their injury. But that is amazing. But it, that's it's, what... It's mind-blowing. This is impossible 10 years ago. That's what shows you have to <clears throat> remove the scar tissue. And if you can't remove the scar tissue, what you should really be doing is getting stem cells to the site of injury as soon as possible, as close to the acute injury. And the problem with you know what we went through with the FDA is it kind of scares everybody away from stem cells. So it's the last option. So you have an acute injury and you go through all your traditional methods first, and then they tell you, hey, you got to get a you know a knee replacement or a hip replacement. And you're like, well, damn, that's going to really alter my you know my lifestyle. I don't want to do that. I'll try this crazy stem cell stuff. So we get the hardest patients first. If you could get to it early on. That's the easier time to recover and, and heal naturally, not late down the road. Okay, got it. So soon after a spinal cord injury, but even not so soon after, you're seeing crazy results. And this is one of those holy grail things. Well, so spinal cord injury, sure, but any kind of acute injury. Okay. Let's talk about brain injuries. So when, mm-hmm. when people come through 40 years of Zen, this is my neuroscience company, Brain Upgrade, five-day entrepreneur kind of people who come there. And yeah. 90% of them have some evidence of brain injury, electrical evidence, maybe when they were two, they hit their head on whatever, their brother, <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. So does it work for old injuries or is it just after you get a recent hit? I, I took a pretty big hit a few years ago. So yeah, we've seen it work for old injuries. If you're talking about like stroke or whatnot. We've had one of the doctors that we work with treated his father four years after a stroke. His father couldn't speak. He couldn't speak in uh, English anymore, even though he grew up here. He could only speak his native tongue from where he's from. And after he got treated four years out, he was able to speak in English again. So that, you know, they were blown away. That was great. If you can treat sooner, that's, that's where it's really better. My background is working with traumatic brain injury. And we basically showed in an animal model that if we were able to treat the animal right after its concussion, it showed no signs of motor skill deficit and no signs of memory loss. But if you waited 72 hours after, you could still get good results. And just by an IV infusion, the cells would home to the site of injury in the brain. But still, we got better results if we treated within the first 24 hours. That seems like a bit of an unfortunate situation because you'd have to take someone who just hit their head, you'd have to suck some fat out, 
spin it down, pull out the stem cells, and then inject it right away intravenously so we get into the brain. Oh, you're talking about a 90-minute procedure, so that's not too hard to do. Okay, so, so that's but, actually what you would do if you hit your head right yeah. now. Or oh. you would just send fat before to Kevin and have them ready to go whenever you wanted. So, so that's what I do. So if I called you right now and said, dude, I really need stem cells, I just you know banged my head on something, how long would it take typically to get stem cells? Yeah, traditionally right now it's a three-week notice, but we also have different plans where you can have your stem cells to you within 48 hours or less. So we have certain platforms where you can grow out your cells, have them ready to go at a moment's notice. You place an order with us, your medical practitioner approves it. And even if you're not in Austin, let's say you have, you're out in Salt Lake City, you're skiing, you tear your ACL or you get a concussion and... You, you need a doctor. And we could loop you in with one of our doctors across the country um, that could evaluate you. Maybe stem cell therapy could help your concussion, if you will, or your torn ACL. And we can get those cells flown out to you and okay. medical pr- practitioner can treat you right then, then and there. And to Sean's point, you can get in there, calm the sites of inflammation a lot more quickly and a lot more effectively to help, potentially help you recover from that injury more quickly. Okay, so right now you're storing the cells I had drawn about eight years ago. We have those stored. I don't know if I'm on that plan, but you would, if I called you, you'd say, well, it takes us a while to grow them. So you would grow a big crop and then you'd, you'd give those to me. Is it called a crop? <laughs> we, well, I guess you can get grown a murder of batch of cells, but we, we keep plenty of your cells ready, ready to regrow. But as you can imagine, it costs a lot of money, takes a lot of manual labor in our lab with our lab techs in a clean room okay. environment. But if you paid for that up front, we would have your cells grown out and cryopreserved and ready to go. So if you did need it in a moment's notice, you could get it in order. So I probably need to like have my people call your people and then put me on the plan so you have a batch. <laughs> I'm going to call it a murder of cells because like a murder of crows, a murder yeah. of cells. So we're going to have like a murder of my cells out there in cryopreserved so that if something unfortunate happens to me, I can just have them sent. Yeah, we just need your stem cell financial advisor to call our office and then we'll just make sure you, you have your cells ready. You really do sound like a stem cell thing. <laughs> Are there like stem cell family offices these days now? Yeah, that's what we're hoping for, a little hub and spoke model. You can go into your nearest stem cell family office and they'll they'll help you get situated. (laughs) So what does it cost to bank your stem cells? I think there's a big misconception of people going out of the country where it costs seventy to a hundred thousand dollars, whereas here it's more you have to talk to your practitioner on their cost because we just have initial processing, um, but it's more in the the fives of thousands, the tens of thousands to get get your cells and get them out. And people are getting not just getting their cells for these one-off treatments like you're seeing, but to Sean's point, we have people that have different autoimmune conditions that may need multiple treatments a year or people that are doing it for health and wellness purposes. But it really depends on how often you're getting your cells, whether it's just storing your cells for a rainy day in case you do get a concussion or if you're trying to really cure or treat something that is more longer term. Okay, so for most people, we're going to go in and get stem cells because there's a knee or a shoulder or a brain injury, something that precipitates going to the doctor and saying, all right, fine, you can have some of my fat, and it's a little bit of work. And then when you do that, since they're already being extracted, you say, take a few extras and then send them off. Yeah, exactly. You send it over to American Cell Technology. And then we have our we have a clean room FDA registered and inspected lab where our lab techs will isolate your stem cells from your fat and then culture expanded. So feeding your stem cells, stem cell food or media, and then putting it in a nice environment for your cells to grow out. And then we'll cryogenically store your youngest stem cells in time for when you need them. So I'm a vegan. Is my stem cell media plant-based? 
it, it is uh, it is plant based, so there is no <laughs> there is no animal animal factors in here. I thought you weren't vegan anymore. I, I, I was vegan a long time ago, and it made me, made me sick. I was just being high maintenance. <laughs> uh, so, but in all seriousness, what what is stem cell growth medium? I'm pretty sure it's not kale. No, it's it's not it's not kale by any means. I mean, there's a lot of stem cell media out in the market, um, but we do have a proprietary blending to ensure that we're getting the highest quality stem cells. And they're all, they're all, there's no animal factors in those growth factors? Yeah, there's no it's animal factors. bacterial f- fermentation base. Yeah, we're not using any animal factors in, in growing your stem cells, and we're making sure we're only storing your pure mesenchymal stem cells, which I think is important to know exactly what you're getting back in your body or your pure stem cells that are live stem cell count with viabilities okay. with your own DNA. I would have thought there'd be some albumin or something in there. So you guys are actually cleaner than fake meat. I would assume so, but I don't know what's much dirtier than fake meat. Oh, that's a fair point. <laughs> that's like, I, I could go all sorts of places with that. We don't even have to go there. Just say fake meat, gross. Stem cell banking, awesome. <laughs> okay. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD+, and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD Plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD Plus. It's what I use. At the world's biggest and oldest biohacking conference, which is my event put on every year now for a decade, it's in Orlando. American Cell Technology and I are working together to offer personal stem cell banking at the conference for attendees. It's a quick, simple procedure, and you can get it done in under an hour. But before we get into all that, Kevin, walk listeners through the STM cell process, cryopreservation, and how you can retrieve stem cells so quickly. Thanks, Dave. Absolutely. I mean, we're excited to offer this unique partnership with the Biohacking Conference this month in Orlando and giving your attendees the opportunity to bank their youngest personal stem cells. I think there's such a lack of clarity who can potentially benefit from stem cell banking, as we talked about a little bit earlier. It's not just for the super wealthy traveling overseas or professional athletes looking to perform at the highest level. It's for the everyday weekend warrior. It's for your biohackers. And it is for the sickly individual that is looking to heal themselves from within. And that's why we're excited to offer this unique banking opportunity to your biohacking community. But Dave, let me answer your questions on the process now. The process is a simple outpatient procedure done in about 30 minutes under local anesthesia. The medical practitioner simply going to take out a tablespoon of fat from your flank, and then you're free to go back to your day-to-day activity. There may be some slight bruising, but this shouldn't impede you from going back to working out the next day or getting to listen in on lectures at the conference. And then in six weeks, you can come back and get your cells. From Sean's perspective at their clinics, they also do a same-day stem cell procedure where they actually isolate the stem cells bedside and then reinsert the mesocombal stem cells back into the joints or intravenously. And that procedure takes a little longer and you might be in the clinical setting for a few hours, but for simple stem cell banking, you should only be there for 30 minutes or maybe an hour, maybe a few hours if you're getting the same day stem cell procedure. 
But after that, once you go home, your medical professional will overnight your fat sample to us at ACT. We're located in South Florida, outside of Fort Lauderdale. And then our lab techs in an FDA-registered and inspected current good manufacturing practice facility will isolate your cells from that sample in a sterile clean room environment. Then your personal stem cells are fed stem cell food, which will allow your stem cells to naturally self-replicate through our proprietary culture expansion process. And then we'll perform your various bacteria, endotoxin, and sterility testing to make sure that your cells are stored in a safe environment. And then as you asked about our cryopreservation process, once your cells are grown out to the desired amount, we cryopreserve your personal stem cells in liquid nitrogen at minus 190 degrees Celsius. And then storing your cells through this in this liquid nitrogen process, we can preserve the integrity and viability of your cells for the future. And you can have peace of mind knowing that your youngest personal cells are stored safely here with your own DNA. After that, in the six weeks of the growing process, you can easily request your cells through ACT through our customer support ordering platform. As we discussed a little bit, we have different banking programs where you could potentially have billions of live mesenchymal stem cells available to you right on a moment's notice. The two best things about these programs are having access to your cells within 72 hours or less, as we talked about earlier, could potentially be the greatest asset you may have. And from a cell quality perspective, now at ACT, we can more actively manage your cells to maximize both the quantity and quality that a client may have. Clinical applications and research continue to progress in personal stem cell therapy, and thus having access to more of your youngest personal stem cells throughout your life could be a complete game changer. I know, Dave, you've been an early adopter of stem cell therapy and stem cell banking, but even from when you initially banked a handful of years ago, the science has progressed quite drastically and successful clinical applications continue to increase. And I think we'll get into this a little little bit, but on the clinical level, you're starting to see people both accessing their cells more frequently with larger quantities of cells per treatment as the industry matures. And thus having access to more of your stem cell, your younger stem cells throughout your lifetime is only going to benefit your future health. But I'm not the one here to make medical claims. You should definitely talk to your licensed practitioner. Uh, We're just here to handle your cells in the safest environment. And it's easy as that. For your biohackers attending the conference this year in Orlando, uh, we are actually able to partner with one of our regenerative clinics in Orlando to offer this to your attendees of the conference to bank their stem cells. And this can be done with only missing an hour of the conference, if anything, as it's a simple outpatient procedure as we discussed. Uh, Hopefully, you can provide this link in your show notes. For those attending the conference and looking to bank their stem cells, they can simply go to AmericanCellTechnology.com backslash biohacking2023, and they can simply fill out their name with the preferred date that they would like their cells harvest, and one of our representatives will reach out to confirm scheduling and answering any questions on the process. And I've had them injected in every joint in my body multiple times. I'm in face, hair, reproductive organs, pretty much everywhere you can name. Is there something wrong with me for doing that? No. <laughs> I told you earlier, your, your stem cells, if they're yours, there's not really a bad place that you can inject them. Now, you can waste them because you talked about eating them earlier. Uh, so was just, it, it, I was going to blend them I, in my coffee. Uh, yeah, I know. That, uh, it, it sounds <laughs> nice, but right, if you, if you digest them, then your stomach acid will just tear yeah, them apart, right? right? So I guess there, there are bad places that you could put them. The group that I work with, we have a huge network of doctors. We all feed into a uniform database so we can pool our data and, and see long-term outcomes quicker than you might do at a one-off clinic. So we've seen CSF injections, right? Yep. Spinal fluid injections. Well, they don't perform as well as IV. So our stroke patients actually respond better 
to IV therapy as opposed to CSF. Interesting. Because think about it. If you inject it into your spinal fluid and you stand up, where's it going to go? Your stem cells are really small and really dense. They have a mass. So they're just going to go flow down and then probably get recirculated. I definitely know I was laying on my back for the first two days after I did that because spinal injections kind of make you feel a little bit not so good. Well, Dave, Uh, to your point also, uh, when you're saying stem cells, I think stem cells are like saying the word food. So really, even mesenchymal stem cells, if they're donor cells versus your own personal cells, um, the safe. I wouldn't inject donor cells in my spot. That's just <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, I, I, right, I, I, someone I, I, else's DNA is just risky there. So knowing that you have your body will never reject your own your own stem cells with your DNA, I think is extremely important through this process. If I wanted to sell people access to my stem cells specifically, now that you can grow them in an almost unlimited number. Can we like let people bid in some sort of system on <laughs> See, cells? I think that's where you get into the that's will become an FDA regulated drug. You're mass producing one cell line, one product. That's a drug. You're telling but me the FDA says I'm a drug because I've had a teacher that said that I wouldn't be opposed to it. <laughs> but if you're taking one one product and mass producing it, then they're going to come in and regulate it. Versus oh. they can never regulate your own personal DNA. That I you want to be a drug. So it, it, this wouldn't be like mass produced. It would be like custom produced. So that wouldn't count, right? Custom for yourself. No custom. I just want to like under the table. Like kind of like being an off the record sperm donor. You might have to go to a lobbyist, but I think you're going into politics and you'll probably figure out a solution. Go to politics. I'm not that dirty. All right. You you guys should have this conversation off air, probably. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, actually, I know know a guy. (laughs) There is something to be said there. So I've, in fact, I'm I'm working on some opportunities to do mitochondrial uh, alterations to myself. So I have some pretty kick-ass mitochondria, but there's some skills and abilities that I don't think that they have that I would like to add to them. So uh, that's part of my thing. There is no mitochondrial effect from stem cells, right? Like, wrong. I guess they have mitochondria. Wrong. Now, so there must be, actually. Yeah, so it has the, work. really cool thing that stem cells have is if you have a degenerative cell, right, and it's on the craps and it's about to die and become senescent or whatnot. So it's like a political party in the U.S. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, it, what's cool about a healthy stem cell is it can actually donate mitochondria. Oh, that's right. So yeah. the stem cell can actually come up to this dying, you know, borderline apoptotic cell. It can insert these little microtubules. You can come up with the analogy you like, and it can pass off healthy yeah. mitochondria. I so remember this now. All of a sudden, you pass off healthy mitochondria to a dying cell. Instead of producing two ATP, it's producing 32, or 32, 34 ATP. I'm forgetting the Krebs cycle right now. But it's 32. 32 ATP, right? And that lactic acid barrier that kind of forms around the stem cell when it's unhealthy goes away. And now it can start participating in cell signaling and all this stuff again. So mitochondrial transfer is huge. And you can do that with stem cells. Of course. And if you get enough of them in there. How many? That's the point. What's the right amount of, of stem cells to do intravenously for the average person? You really have to ask your doctor. Right now, what's popular is you know one million cells per kilogram body weight. Between one and three million cells per kilogram body weight is kind of the popular thing in the scientific literature right now. Right. So I don't care about popular. Like if it was you and you had all, you're a trillionaire and you could like buy Elon Musk for lunch. How many stem cells would you get intravenously? About a hundred million. Okay, good deal. You wouldn't go above that. No, I'm just, I, I, where's some wood to knock on? I feel fairly healthy and I'm, okay. you know, young and so I'm just on like a proactive uh, regimen at you, this point. You could launch your own sports car into space and you only want 100 million stem cells. Could I drive it in space? If I launch it into space and I'm not there, what's the point? That sounds, that sounds like a waste. <laughs> so it, I'm surprised. Actually. I would have thought you would say like, like 500 million or something just to make sure they're in there doing their fusion stuff. Don't you want to be running at, at the 
best thing you can do. You're like, oh, I, 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 I used to play football. I don't want to run ever again. I'm cool with jump roping. And I think also yeah. though, what he's saying are also <laughs> pure mesenchymal stem cells. When you're getting a, a total nucleated cell counter, people are just hearing stem cell therapy. Then we're getting a hundred billion total nucleated cells. And that could be majority dead. Like when you're seeing yeah. donor cells. Well, let's talk about that. Because yeah, if you get a, a vial full of dead cells, and, and I've talked with various people uh, who are saying like sometimes it's only sixty percent alive when you're getting other people's stem cells anyway. Yeah, so that's a that's a great point, and yeah. I, it's kind of uh, disheartening. But sometimes when I'm speaking to different regenerative medicine doctors that are using allergenic products, they'll first thing they'll come to me and they'll say, "How many milliliters of stem cells will you send me?" And that's not even the wrong. That's not even the right Ooh, metric. You want to know that extra saline? You can yeah, exactly. So you want to really know how many live stem cells are you getting? And so anyone who's working in stem cells, and you'll see any of our cryovials that comes in, comes with 10 million live mesocolonic stem cells, it comes in a two milliliter cryovial. And the stem cells themselves are a negligible pellet. Mm-hmm. So you really want to know how many live cells. So when the people are getting these donor products, there may be 30 to 50% viable. And they're not even, I've looked at some of the top websites and called some of the top sales reps. They can't tell you that's a live stem cell count, but more those growth factors in these donor cells. And the growth factors are called exosomes that you could get anyway, right? Potentially. But I also see, see that a, there is a benefit to a personal exosome process as well. Okay, got it. Uh, so for listeners, uh, we've talked about your own stem cells from your own body, mesenchymal or fat, and then there's bone marrow cells as well. Uh, and then there's cells that are from other people. Uh, my general preference is to use my own cells, except some people believe that I'm aging. My lab tests seem to show that I'm 39, but the calendar with, with which I do not identify, um, it, it thinks I'm a little older than 39. So I have my cells banked, so maybe I'm okay on that front. Yeah, and you, you've had your cells banked about seven to 10 years ago, so now you're, you have cells that are seven to 10 years younger. But what's really neat is that we've done a study internally at our lab that should be published relatively soon on different samples of our own cells of clients' banks. So we have Cord blood, cord tissue samples, adipose, bone marrow, even a family lineage of a, a son, a father, and a grandmother of their adipose cells. And as a whole, we saw that, to Sean's point earlier, the adipose cells have long telomere lengths, which are your end caps, your DNA. That's really the only way we can tell about cell health in general. Um, and even we saw the grandmother had longer telomere lengths than her grandson, saying that she had younger cells. So that leads me to my unpopular opinion is, Yes, I agree that your personal core blood, core tissue cells were the youngest cells you ever had. But who's to say that some random, random donor baby stem cells that could have been grown out thousands of times from their core tissue are healthier and more viable than your own personal cells? Maybe some aliens genetically engineered us 5,000 years ago. Like I've had at least one guest on the show who I'm pretty sure believes that. Uh, and we're actually getting so we die sooner with each successive generation so that we can't actually grow to take over the universe. You think that's likely? No, I think science says that's wrong. <laughs> oh, you, to, so you, you speak for science now. Yeah, well, no, how, many sorry, masks, sorry. how many masks does science say? I wear? I, 24 and a half. Okay, nice. Um, we're saying. <laughs> no, but look at it. Like, you just get married at 13 and die at 30, right? Exactly. And now you get married at, yeah, I don't know, at 30 it, whatever? Or? There is evidence that people did live substantially longer if they didn't die of Moses, Moses was like 400, right? Well, I mean, they do say that. Maybe they counted years differently back yeah. then. But if you look at like old writings from a lot of different places, it looks like people if they didn't die of the common things in war and, and infection, that they were living a meaningfully long time 
many generations ago. And we can't be certain of that. I mean, who the heck knows? But I, I almost wonder, like, what you're saying is if your grandparents could have longer telomeres when they're 70 than you do when you're 20, either our telomere science is complete garbage. I don't think it is, but I don't think it's as good as people say it is. So then maybe every successive generation is getting less good at managing telomeres. I have no idea if this is true. <laughs> or it, maybe or maybe their son was in poor antibiotic health, and, or we, well, who's to say? marinated in glyphosate in yeah. the world. I mean, who, who would ever imagine that that could have a problem? But, but, but that's okay. Guys, don't pay attention to glyphosate or atrazine. Pay attention to carbon dioxide because you're bad at science. Anyway, sorry. Fix the glyphosate, fix the pesticides, and then talk to me about carbon dioxide. Because, tree, tree food. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully you got your cells stored before you went vegan, and then they're probably a lot healthier for us to get. Sadly, it was as I was recovering from being a vegan that made me really ill. And I always pick on vegans, and there's a lot of vegans that listen to the show, actually. And I'm hoping by now that they know that I stand for the same things they do. It's like, I don't want to make animals suffer, uh, and I want to be really healthy, and I want to keep our environment, actually want to make it better than it is today. And that's why you grass-fed animals. So shared values, different, different behavior set. So anyway, I, I tease you guys, but you know that we're actually working on the same team, except for Kale. Fuck Kale. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I try not to drop F-bombs on my own show, but Kale, Kale has really wronged me. So here's a question for you. Stem cells and kidney function. If I get kidney stones from eating Kale with oxalic acid and I do stem cells, will they help me with kidney stones caused by Kale and spinach and being vegan? I, I really don't know. Yeah. We haven't had that particular um, patient come into our clinic yet looking for that solution. I've never heard of that, but probably after you get your stem cells uh, ultrasonically broken up in your kidneys and you pee them out in an incredibly painful process, stem cells would help your kidneys heal from the trauma of your vegan diet. St- stem cells are really good at, at clearing bad cells out and initiating autophagy, so maybe it helps there, but... I don't know that they're going to clear your kidney stones by any means. And Dave, I think you made, a, you made a great point. Like where we are today is the most archaic place we'll be in stem cell therapy. So who's to say what, what your stem cells can do in 100 years from now and different studies are coming out and working together and collaborating on different studies? Do you think there's any electrical activation of stem cells, vibrational sound, chanting with sound balls, hitting with lasers, um, or... I don't know, radioactive spiders. Like, what can we do to our stem cells before we put them back in where they don't quite become drugs, but they're better than they were before? Uh, That's a good question. So if you actually give stem cells a different frequency, you can promote them down different pathways. So frequency of sound, heat, what are we talking about? Energy. So if you put them on a vibrational plate, you can turn them into cardiomyocytes. Ooh. So you can you can promote them down certain pathways which with with sound different kind of energy, right? Our thinking, clinically at least, is Mother Nature's a lot smarter than we are. The doctors I work with are brilliant. They're really, really smart people. But Mother Nature's been working at this for millennia, right? All we're doing is harnessing Mother Nature. Mother Nature designed a stem cell for you with your own DNA, worked at it for a long time. And all we're doing is isolating that and giving it back to you right away in the clinic or sending it to Kevin, who's allowing them to just self-naturally self-replicate, not changing anything about them, and then reintroducing them into the body letting the body tell the stem cells what to do. So we don't really want to put too big of a thumbprint on it. Okay. Also, too, in, in a lot of the work I did, the more heavy-handed you were in trying to intervene with the stem cells, the less well they performed when you introduced okay. them back clinically. But can we get a little bit woo? Sure. All right. I am 100% convinced that there is a separate consciousness inside every mitochondria. 
every bacteria on the planet has its own consciousness. It's a pretty stupid consciousness with a small sphere of awareness and very simple decision-making. But mm -hmm. every bacteria, everything that's alive, probably not viruses, they have rudimentary environmental sensors. And then they respond in a certain way using what essentially is a compute framework, like, you know, if then kind of things, like if scary, secrete sure. lipopolysaccharides, you know, if safe, replicate, like, like basic stuff. And, and we're built on a foundation of those, like that's a distributed intelligence inside our body. So it actually has to work in that way that each little stem cell has its own consciousness and it's a collective consciousness with all the other stem cells because we know they vote with each other, right? Uh, it's called quorum sensing. And bacteria do it in colonies and stem cells do it. They vote with each other. Mm -hmm. And something that looks scarily like crypto algorithms in order to decide you know, what they're going to do as a group consciousness. And all this happens before we can think. Like It's really, really cool stuff. What that means, though, is that they're paying attention to, we'll call it the information field of your body or the morphogenic field, as some people would call it, because something has to tell them what to do. And some of it's chemical sensing, but a lot of the stem cell people I've worked with will tell you, like when no one's looking, hey, like, do you want to hold your cells for a minute and just like tell them what to do? What do you think about that? I've got no idea, but I do like what you said about mitochondria, because essentially before we were humans, mitochondria were another species, right? And then our cells kind of teamed up with mitochondria to produce yeah. energy in a symbiotic relationship. They have their own DNA. So sure, they probably think on their own wavelength. You just got to figure out how to communicate with them. Yeah. And and I think our cells it, also do that as well. I, I, they do do that. We know they do that. We know there's cell signaling that occurs all the time. Is it you talking to the cell that's going to make it do what it needs to do? If that makes you feel better, that's fine. Maybe if you're but, on acid, <laughs> not in a normal state of consciousness. But, but the talking that we want is from whatever injury that you have. And that's what the amazing thing about the body and what we're just trying to take advantage of naturally, right? Is if you have an injury, we call it a cytokine signal. That, that, that injury will be giving out signals mm -hmm. all the time. And when we put cells in and there's a loud cytokine signal, the cells respond and do a much better job in promoting healing in a quicker time. So when I was talking about my traumatic brain injury study, saying, hey, when we gave these animals stem cells right by the injury and within 24 hours, they got a much better result. Why? Because a cytokine injury or the, the cytokine signal was much louder. And that's injured cells talking to the stem cells, telling them what they need, telling them what to do. The longer you wait, the quieter that, that cytokine signal gets. So there's less of a signal telling the stem cells, hey, come this way, come help me out, come you know, do anything. And that's where some of these other energy interventions to amplify the cytokine signal externally, other energy sources will actually help the ultimate stem cell response. So you could use um, acoustic shock wave maybe to, to stimulate parts of the body, increase the cytokine like, signal like, and get like a... What? Well, I, I don't know. You've got a certain interest. I'm sure you, but no. Uh, so, okay. Uh, my partner, Dr. Lander. Acoustic shockwave, by the way, it's yeah. for tendonitis. That, that's what I was thinking. That's what it started for. Right. But I, uh, you've been asking a lot of questions about downstairs. So Dr. <laughs> Dr. Elliot Lander is a urologist, right? So he was using acoustic shockwave device for erectile dysfunction. I mean, you get about 50% response rate. I, I did a whole show where I did a video of me getting it. So yeah, yeah. Shock, shockwave therapy works on your tendonitis and anywhere else you might have it. <laughs> so anyway, he would do that. But then he'd also try stem cells and you get about a 50% response rate. Wow. But then when he combined the two, you bump it up to like a 75% response rate. And he's published on this stuff. Yeah. But that's the whole point. You want to increase the cytokine signal at the injury that you're trying to treat. 
when you're young and just trying to you know promote health and wellness, we'll just rely on the natural cytokine signals that we have in our body and let the stem cells be directed naturally. I don't really want to tell them what to do. I want them to go do what they need to do. This will sound super, uh, super weird, but I'll, I'll share with listeners and with you guys what I do. So my assumption here, I've just got a whole a, a crowd of relatively stupid, relatively fast, dumb consciousness things. So I will tell them to the best I can, and there's energetic field stuff. I've studied esoteric stuff all over the planet. So I'll be like, all right, guys, some of you are going to go somewhere for a while. Don't worry, you're not going to die because there's actually a cell death process and a cell stress on individual cells. I'm like, let's minimize that. So like, it's it's okay. And then when they're coming back in, I'm actually telling the cells in my body, this is native, welcome it back in and use it. And I'm telling them when they're coming in, whatever you can do by looking at them and thinking good thoughts, that like basically come in and this is a safe place. So that there's maybe (laughs) less of a stress response from the cells and maybe less quorum sensing that has to happen when the body is like, wait, is this part of my mitochondrial network or is this an old one? Because I know there's intelligence in the distributed system and I have a degree in distributed systems. <laughs> so well, no, there, There's a lot of people that have done studies like that. I yeah. mean, there's uh, the guys at Penn did a study on TBI. So they get take a group who's get, who gets a traumatic brain injury and they divide them up into natural pessimists or optimists. And they actually see that the pessimists use less of their brain after their TBI, whereas the optimists actually use more of their brain after their TBI. So it's kind of like the optimists are like, well, crap, this part is out of commission right now. So I better use other parts of my brain to kick into gear right here. And it'll, blood flow will be seen in areas of the brain that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. So there's definitely something to the power of thinking. And guys, I'm not telling you that you need to do that. I'm not telling you that I know it works because I don't know if it works. It logically follows that if I can get that signal through using all of the different energetic things that I know about, that it certainly is unlikely to cause harm. And at worst, it probably does nothing and possibly it does better. And the people I know who are really good medical intuitives who can sort of get a sense of what's going on with you, you walk in the room, they're like, why is your back hurting? You're like, what do you mean? But they just know? You know anyone like that? Like These are like advanced healers. Yeah. I say no, I, you don't. No, I, I think a lot of older doctors yeah. are like that. And yeah. it's because they've been around for a long time. The new wave of medicine is very mm, anti-litigious, right? So they want to cover their bases so that they don't get sued. But if you've been around the block for a, a long time, you might be more comfortable to say, hey, I really want to figure out what's wrong with you. And I'm not saying that young docs aren't good. There are tons of great young doctors and there are tons of bad old doctors. But I just think if you've been around the block a little bit longer, you're going to say, hey, what's wrong with you? I'm really going to take a deep dive to figure it out and use whatever means you can to, to go down that pathway. There's a knowingness in doctors who've had 20 or 30 years of clinical practice. Like, look, I have a real strong sense that this is what's going on. So we're going to run that lab test. How did you know? I just knew. And sometimes they won't even tell you unless you're friends. And they're like, look, I I just know because I can, I see it. I can smell it. Yeah, I can smell it. Right. And it's not that there's a logical connection there, but it's just pattern matching through unconscious parts of, of our consciousness. And it's, it's magic when that well, happens. I've had a lot of doctors tell me that they can actually smell disease from yeah. a patient's breath and they yeah. can know, hey, you might have cancer or something like that. And you think about like dogs can probably sniff out half of this stuff too. So sure, in fact, a well-trained cancer. doctor probably can. There's well. cancer-trained dogs now who yeah. can sniff out cancer. Uh, I know a doctor who was like, oh, I can smell an alcoholic. Even if they haven't had a drink in three days, they all smell the same. It's, it's like a classical, they walk in the room, they're like, alcoholic, 
<laughs> like what the heck? Crazy. So like that, that's real. So I don't discount human experience and clinical experience at all. And when I talk with people like that, in fact, I, at one time I had both my marrow and my fat cells injected at the same time. And one of these, I will say advanced healers was like, oh, that's weird. Like there's kind of two different signals I'm picking up. That's creepy. Did so, you tell them to play nice? Uh, actually, at the time, I Damn didn't. Damn it, Dave. I didn't know to do it at the time. But this is actually a person who was trained to tell, to actually interface with um, with cellular tissues. It's one of those people who could be like, look, your knee does not have to talk to your hip. So it's different than functional movement. It, it's a weird skill set of, of sort of like interacting with the local stupid intelligence of the proprioceptors in a joint, accessing that system and then hacking it. And look, I can't tell you with certainty all this stuff works. All I know is I moved a lot differently after those sessions. I'm like, okay, maybe it's all placebo. I just don't think so. So that, those are the cutting edges of biohacking. Like, how do we get into the invisible parts of our body? And stem cells are a fundamental invisible part that's very powerful. It's, that's why I'm interested. Yeah, and to your point also, the placebo effect is really real. There's some doctors out there in this space where it's a cash pay and they want to take patients that are willing and open to the potential of stem cell therapy where they might go through a headache if there's someone that's really cursing it out, saying a non-believer in it, then it really might not be the best idea for them because there could be a part of the placebo effect. That's true. And in fact, there are also almost certainly are people who've gone to a, a stem cell clinic somewhere on the planet and got salt water and thought it cured them. Uh, right, I, you know it has to happen. A, yeah, a, uh, it's unfortunate because a lot of people are. This is a really, really exciting field, and it's my pa- our passion you know, that we've been working on. And um, people take advantage of the name stem cell because it's exciting, it's sexy, sure. it's cool, it's promising. Um, you should you, my new stem cell coffee? No, but it, we should drink it. I, I don't have a new stem cell coffee, but that's the kind of thing that's happening. But and and that's what it used to be, right? Like yeah. I think before FDA lawsuit, there was stem cell everything, stem cell, you know face cream, toilet paper, everything in between. And then when the FDA lawsuit was going on, people kind of pivoted to exosomes. Right. And then now you see exosome everything. It's kind of like the new, the new stem cell. And I'm really excited for the future because now that we've got autologous stem cell therapy back and kind of free of this FDA thing, we'll figure out the deal with exosomes and hopefully get them there too. There's a lot of really exciting potential for regenerative medicine coming up. And it's not about getting these major surgeries. It's about healing your body naturally, the way it was designed to heal, and just promoting it from a, a minor clinical intervention. You know, okay. and that's what's been fun is working with Sean's clinics and some other partner clinics. There is that there's room for everyone in this industry and collaborating and putting out actual research and seeing where patients are getting better. That's the only way you kind of push forward this industry is checking the safety and checking the efficacy of your different okay. studies. Uh, and speaking of uh, Sean's clinics california stem cell treatment center.com is do you have a smaller url is that california stem cell treatment center so i told you we work with really really good doctors yeah we're not great at marketing or all that stuff so yeah california stem cell treatment center.com is where you can find us but okay and and this is like your network of clinics or is this how you work with other doctors i'm not really clear on so so i work with california stem cell treatment center which is a clinic in beverly hills and one in rancho mirage originally founded by my father and his partner dr elliot lander and they started doing this stuff and collecting data together under IRB-approved protocols. And Elliot's a very prominent physician down in Palm Springs area. My dad was a president of the National Academy. 
and started sharing it with their their peers and their colleagues. And there's people saying, hey, we want to start, you know, doing this work with you. How, how can we get involved? And that's where it's formed this network we call Cell Surgical Network, where these doctors around the country and around the world started doing these procedures. But we required everybody to enter their patient data into an online database so that we could track patients for every three months out to five years, collecting long-term, you know, safety and efficacy outcomes. So we, know, so we can know what works and what doesn't work. If the clinic can treat 100 patients in a year, great. And it's going to be across the board because we've got cardiologists, urologists, orthopedic surgeons, neurosurgeons working with us. But if we could pull a team of international doctors together on this database, we're going to get way more data way quicker and we can make much better decisions about what works and what doesn't work. So that was the goal. And that's how we set it up. And I'll start at California Stem Cell Treatment Center. I absolutely love it. And then people interested in stem cell banking you want to call your local banker at AmericanCellTechnology.com. Yeah, absolutely. And we also work with clinics all over the country. So if you drop into our site or reach out to us, we can partner you with one of our clinics nearby as well to put you in touch. Okay, so AmericanCellTechnology.com is just basically a, a way to find someone who can bank your cells for you. Yeah, we don't have a clinical setting, so we are sort of simply the bank or the custodian of your personal cells, but we'll partner you with one of our clinics that we work with. One of the things I've found over the years is that there are a large number of exceptionally successful people who listen to The Human Upgrade because when you hit a certain level of, of career success, like, oh my God, the thing that matters most isn't a Maserati. It's, am I comfortable? Does my brain work? Am I gonna, like, th- this is the big focus. So guys, if you're in that socioeconomic bracket, you've gone to 40 years of Zen and you're just all in on living a long time, you're crazy to not bank your stem cells. Um, it just it makes so much sense. And the same thing as newborn stem cells. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so we recently launched our newborn stem cell brand, Vital Cells, and been revolutionizing really a very archaic core blood, core tissue banking process that's been around for 30 years. And I know you've talked about it quite a bit, and there's been severe limitations of those offerings uh, until now with our Vital Cells brand. So with vital cells, you're collecting umbilical cells and uh, and cord blood cells and purifying them and using them? Yeah, we're doing the same processing technique we do from a mini liposuction or fat, but we're taking your child's cord blood and cord tissue sample, isolating those mesenchymal stem cells, and then culture expanding those and storing those in time. So we could potentially have billions of cells for your child in the future. That is also remarkably powerful. So I... I wish I had banked my kids' blood. That was 16 years ago, and there was nothing you could do with it, and it was really expensive back then. I'm like, this is not worth it. So far, they've never had a need for it. But today, if you were to bank your your cells around birth or your kids' cells around birth and culture expand them so that they're waiting, then if your kid, if your kid hits their head in, in football or there's a car accident or something like that, you've got the ability to get the cells there within 24 hours. Yeah, I, I joke with one of my friends that uh, banked their son's stem cells, and I said, it's going to be funny when uh, after a football game, your son's friend's going to be getting McDonald's and your son's going to be getting stem cell therapy. Yeah, uh, and it's one of those things I sure wish I'd had that. I've had three knee surgeries before I was 23 because my knee was falling apart. It probably would have been helpful to have some extra stem cells around. Yeah, and, it, and to your point, it wouldn't have been worth your time banking your kid's cells 16 years ago or their cord blood because... Natively available in the core blood, core tissue, there's only a couple hundred thousand to three million live mesogamal stem cells. So to Sean's earlier point, if people are doing treatments on 
a million cells per kilogram body weight or Sean wants a hundred million cells, what's really 300,000 cells going to do throughout your lifetime? Nothing. You'd have to culture expand it. Okay. Awesome. What is stem cell therapy going to look like 10 years from now? What's going to be different? I think from our perspective, one thing we're trying to do is really partner with insurance companies where you think it's the future of medicine. We, per- we already partner with some self-insured companies that are seeing the benefits of stem cell therapy, both on reducing overall costs and potentially getting their employees back to work, work in a healthier lifestyle. I know Sean mentioned is one example of potentially avoiding a total knee replacement. It's very expensive. The traditional American consumer will just get a total knee replacement because it's covered by insurance versus out-of-pocket costs. But how many people have you met that had a total knee replacement with 100% success? It's very rare. And so with cell therapy, there have been studies where people have avoided total knee replacement and potentially totally felt better and reduced any sort of injury they had to their knee and was able to live a more healthy lifestyle. Uh, wow, that, that would have been fantastic to have access to that. Yeah. One thing I told you, we had this database. So we can look at the average age. When we started, it was high 60s. And you look at it now, the average age has dropped to mid-50s. So people are learning, right? If I get stem cell therapy, this is an actual option for some conditions, right? And I can do it earlier so that I can prolong you know, my active lifestyle. My mom was my dad's second patient. She was supposed to get a hip replacement in 2010. She had her hip inj- and she was a marathon runner, ran six miles every day. No wonder she needed a hip replacement. Yeah, <laughs> right. So she got injected 2010, patient number two, and she hasn't had a hip replacement since. And she's a soul cycle, Peloton, all that stuff every day. Does she not learn from experience? No, she got stem cells. She's doing well. <laughs> we want we, we want to live these active, fun okay. lifestyles. Cardio, right? cardio isn't fun. It just sucks. Yeah, I agree with you. That's why I don't do it. But it's her, you know, it's her thing. Yeah, so I don't want to take it away from and her. She's, <laughs> I, I just yeah, and Dave, to your exact point, being out here and speaking to you and your listeners and re-educating that stem cell therapy isn't your line of last defense and having in that pot, potential of having your cells banked or ready to go when you do need them. Um, whether it's for general health and wellness or when you're injured out there. Because I think people get stem cell therapy out of the country or go to Sean's clinic and they say, hey, this is what I need for my lower back pain now. But then what are you going to do the next 20 years? What's going to happen? Are you going to sit down? Are you going to be out surfing, golfing, being active, whatever it may be? There's just You may slip and fall. The, the, the science is limitless as long as everyone keeps collaborating together and pushing the industry forward. Amen. Go out 20 years. I'm not getting the science fiction stuff I'm looking okay, for. Okay, so Come on. 20, 20 years, take mean? off the gloves. 20, 20 years out there, I think your own stem cells are the best thing for you. They're your own DNA. It's the way that you were made. I don't know if it's 20 years or I don't know if it's, you know, 100 years out there, but maybe you have some designer cells. So I always joke about, like, it's like going to a smoothie bar, right? I want some Michael Jordan for my hamstrings and my knees. Yeah. I want, I want some Mozart and some Einstein for my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, who's got good lungs? Michael Phelps probably has good lungs. I'll get some Michael Phelps for my lungs. Okay. But we're not there yet, right? And maybe that's even not the answer. A lot of people are looking into that CRISPR technology so they can do the gene editing and whatnot. I'm getting close. But that, uh, the gene editing is popular because then if I edit your genes and change them up, I can patent that and I can own it. And with what we're doing with personal cells, we can't own anything. You're the owner of your cells. So there's a big difference there. If I hack my own cells, I still own them. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to do that. Yeah. But you're probably one of the few people capable of doing but, that. But it's really access to them, too. Yeah. Understanding the potential benefits of it and having access to them is really the, the long game for everybody. If you could just have a, higher, a better quality of life while you're living to 180. I want to engineer bioluminescence into my cells so that I glow in the dark. 
Can't you just crack open one of those glow sticks and drink it? Uh, you probably could. Yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, there are people who've done this to cats, but they're doing it with CRISPR. How big of an upgrade can I do with stem cells? For bioluminescence? Yeah, I don't think you can use stem cells for that kind of stuff, can you? I think it's a small market. I got to talk to Kevin off there and get back to I think it's a small market. I'm trying to figure out how many superpowers you can pack into stem cells. And also, we haven't talked about de-aging stem cells, which you could probably do. So you might be able to get my stem cells, culture expand them, and say, I want them to be three years old. And then... You know, look at them sideways and they turn whatever the tech is for that. So that, that that's absolutely something that you can do. The only problem is once I start more than minimally manipulating your cell or engineering it in some kind of way, that's when you start to head down the drug pathway. Oh, then just do it out of the U.S. That's no problem. Well, and there are people that are doing it out of the U.S. and doing some really exciting stuff with that work. But well, what happens? What happens if your your cells ex- culture expanded mm-hmm. here in the U.S. and they get shipped out of the U.S. and then they get radioactive spider bites? And then you use them, and you bring them back into the OC. Well, what we could do potentially is down the road is looking for those technologies you're talking about and reversing the aging, but then we'd go through the proper processes with the FDA to regulate for your cells to get yours back okay. as a drug. Then you can be sure that they're safe, right? So it would be like 100 times expensive in the U.S., and then all of the people who would spend money in the U.S. would want to go to, like I don't know, Thailand or Mexico. Yeah, or but that's like the rest of the U.S. healthcare system, so no. what do you care? It's so funny because you know, living in Canada... We all go to the U.S. when we have urgent needs, but actually not urgent needs. We have chronic needs. If, if you break your leg, it's free in, in Canada. But then if you just need like a test, you come to the U.S. Right? And then Americans are like, I can't afford anything here, and I spend two grand a month on forced healthcare buys for healthcare companies half owned by government employees. So then Americans, we all go down to Central America to get our dental work done because you can't afford it in the U.S. Right, and like it, it's becoming a little bit of a, a global market. Do you think the U.S. is competitive now that you've won your your lawsuit? Are we back to being competitive with global markets for stem cells? I absolutely think so. I think so. No too. question about it's it. It's a big win because now you don't have to leave the U.S. And frankly, things are safer here. Like there's more regulation. I'm not saying any one clinic isn't perfectly safe overseas. I'm just saying that the regulatory oversight here is well, it's burdensome and insane. Which means, well, a side effect of that is that it's probably safer even if it innovates a little less quickly. Disregard that. Your doctor knows you. You live close to your doctor. That's fair point. You can see them multiple times without having to book a plane trip to you know wherever you got to go. Having that personal relationship is huge, and that's what medicine should be about. And the sad thing about medicine right now is it's turned into a 10-minute relationship where they shake your hand, you know, write your prescription, and see you later, right? Because it's about how many people can I see, get through the day, maximize it, bill insurance for you know, $50,000, get 50 bucks, and go home to you know, wife and kids. That's not what it should be. It should be a personal relationship that you have with your doctor or doctors. And what's interesting is that no one was trained in medical school to be a stem cell doctor. So you're starting to see these practitioners pop up and seeing some fantastic results and getting involved in other practices. Like your business partner, Sean, who's a urologist, he does a lot of stem cell therapy on orthopedics. And so if they can be trained to being stem cell doctors, they can be potentially more of a holistic practitioner, to Sean's point, and help service their patients through different conditions, whether it's orthopedics, autoimmune, or also push them out to other people in the regenerative medicine space where they specialize. Love it. Well, so what, just to correct you real quick, Elliot doesn't do the Dr. Lander, who I work with, he doesn't do orthopedic cases, but he'll team up with an orthopedic surgeon or, or, or an orthopedic specialist to do orthopedic cases. And that's how you get the best care for, for your patient, right? Stem cells are just a tool in doctor's pockets. 
you still want a neurosurgeon working on your brain and your spine, right? You want an orthopod working on your joints. You want a urologist working on, you know, whatever a urologist works on. I'm sure you know. All right, guys. Thanks for going to the future of stem cells with me and just thinking outside the box. And, and also, thanks for being, we, I think you were the first stem cell banking clinic in the U.S., yeah, we're definitely the largest personal stem cell bank in the U.S. Got it. So very, very early adopter. And so the guys who have my stem cells. And just eternal thanks for showing legally that my cells are my cells and they are not subject to regulatory oversight by people who actually hate humans. I'm not saying which agency that is. I'm just saying that the behavior pattern I see there is not one that's compatible with me being in my full power. So thank you for... Uh, for preventing tyranny over our medical freedom. And you put $7 million in five years of your life on the line for that. And that, that, that is seriously meaningful work and genuinely appreciate it. Well, it's bigger than us. And thank you for sharing the word with your audience. You got it. So guys, if you're saying, where do I find all this stuff? Okay. Stem cell banking is americancelltechnology.com. You go there, you can find a doctor who will bank your cells. Add it to your list of one-time health upgrades to do so you have them available. Whoever banks your cells is also likely to be able to put those stem cells wherever you want. I highly suggest you get some intravenously at least. And then if you'd like to do this in California and learn about all of the other stuff that's happening, it's CaliforniaStemCellTreatmentCenter.com. So those are your two URLs, and seriously, you got to get a. We'll <laughs> work on it. California Stem Cell Treatment Center. It's only five words. You can dot com. Dot com. There you go. Six Seven. words. Seven. Yeah, dots word. Jeez. Anyway, uh, we'll have links in the show notes for you. And things have changed. It is now safe and effective to do stem cells in the U.S. And you can have your stem cells on ice, ready to ship to you. Anywhere in the U.S. and probably anywhere on the planet, depending on regulatory stuff, when you need them, if you're in a car accident or if something traumatic happens. And you can also have them for less cost available with three weeks notice if you have a chronic problem you need to, to get fixed. This is worth doing. I, I think it is to the point I did a long time ago. I'll see you all on the next episode. And I hope you're joining me on the quest to upgrade humanity and upgrade yourself. That includes living longer, having better stem cells, better brain, better eyes, better area. See y'all later. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.
Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.